the Lord who forgives all our sins. Hear the commandments of God to his people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of bondage. You shall have no other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us. You shall not make for yourself any said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done 
and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which giveth life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. reading from Joshua. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the people of Israel were encamped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening in the plains of Jericho. And on the morrow, after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased on the morrow, and they ate of the produce of the land, and the people of Israel had manna no more, but ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. The word of the Lord.
reading from 2 Corinthians. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once regarded Christ from a human point of view, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We beseech you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. The Word of the Lord. be with you. And also with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and bring a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat 
and make merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Lo, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your living with harlots, you killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and to be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken, and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. As we've been making our way through the season of Lent, two things have been with me, have been on my mind. One is the subject of grace before meals. And the other is economics. I got around to thinking about grace before meals one day several weeks ago as I sat down to take my breakfast. A breakfast that consisted of one fried steak biscuit. A big, doughy, buttery, salted and seasoned fried steak biscuit. Now to complement this fried steak biscuit, I got a large Diet Coke. Now, put aside for a moment the irony of eating a fried steak biscuit with a Diet Coke. My conscience was pricked, as it were, by the grace before meals that my mother had taught me. Bless, O Father, these thy gifts to the nourishment of our bodies, and bless us to thy service. It was the clause to the nourishment of our bodies that pricked at my conscience. Sitting there at my desk in the parish office, a big buttery fried steak biscuit laying in front of me, and a soft drink filled with all sorts of chemicals and artificial sweeteners to the side, there I was asking God to bless these things that they may nourish my body. And something seemed off. Nourishment. Nourishment. The root and meaning of nourishment comes to us originally from the Latin word nutrere, which is to feed, to nurse, to foster, to support, to suckle. 
The word literally means she who gives suckle, mother's milk, leche de la madre. Now, most all of us know the benefits of mother's milk. It's essential for infants. Its benefits are well known and have been throughout time and history. Strengthens an infant's immune system, their psychological stability. It strengthens them and helps them to grow and to form into strong and well-adjusted people. Throughout the ages, mother's milk was seen almost as life itself. And here I was asking God to bless these things that they may be to me as mother's milk. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, I love a good steak biscuit, always will. I also enjoy Cokes and Diet Cokes, but the idea that these things are nourishing, equal to mother's milk, is stretching it a bit. Now, the other thought that's been rattling around in my head is economics, economia. I know that my vocation to the priesthood dictates that I keep my mind on heavenly things, but I'm fascinated by economic theory because of what it says about people. Now, some people have said, historians, economists, academics have said that we in the United States live in what is called a post-industrial society. That is to say, it's been said by some that we live in a society whereby the services sector produces more wealth than the industrial sector. It's argued, they say, that we produce more wealth by knowledge, that is technology, science, creativity, arts, entertainment, and the like, rather than by producing widgets. This post-industrial society is also generally considered to be wealthy And sometimes these post-industrial societies are termed consumer societies. Post-industrial societies, it is said, have wealth enough for their people to generally consume goods and services rather than producing them. Consumers. Now, as a general rule in this company, in this country, excuse me, we don't make our own food. None of us are solely self-dependent or self-independent. We don't make our food. We don't make our clothing, not all of it. We don't build our own houses for the most part. We don't make our own medicines and those kind of things. We purchase them. We consume them. To further make this point, we do not even teach our poor how to make their own clothing, how to grow their own food, how to build their own house, or other basic necessities of life. Rather, We try and make the goods and services economical for our poor. We help our poor learn to consume efficiently and effectively. We help them come out of poverty so they may consume. Now, when the Honduras Medical Mission leaves this next February, we will not do that. We'll do a different thing. We will help the Hondurans learn to be better farmers, more productive farmers, better husbandists take better care of their animals, and industrialists. What little trade they have, we will help bolster, help improve. So we'll not help them become more efficient consumers, 
Rather, our team will try and help them become better agrarians and industrialists. So this idea of being a post-industrial consumer leads for some to this point, to even say that we consume ideas and meanings, identities, that there's no longer one American culture or society that we submit to that is inescapable from us, but that within these United States, there are many different groups and many shared meanings. So just as we consume goods and services like television, clothing, we also choose and we consume ideas, images. All of these things that we consume, construct, they form and shape our own identities. So we now choose and buy our identities, it is argued. This also means that there are many different ideas floating around out there, not just one American ideal, but many American ideals, many images, many identities, all competing for our conception. Modern individualism at its best. So, mother's milk and post-industrial economics. With these things in mind, I propose a thesis this morning, brothers and sisters in Jesus, that not all things provide nourishment. Or to use the words of the kindergarten teacher at St. John's Day School, we may make good choices or we may make bad choices. All food is not healthy. Not all images, not all identities are nourishing. We can, if we choose, consume things that will damage, distort, and even kill us, body and soul. So it's through this lens, beloved, that I ask that we approach this morning's gospel lesson, the famous parable of the prodigal son. The parable concerns three persons, really. The father who has a wealth in a land that is undiminishing and his two sons. We are told by the scriptures that one of the sons asked for his share of his father's possessions. Father, give me the share of property that falls to me. The father obliges the son and divides his living in two. The same son that asks for his inheritance early does an interesting thing, I think. He takes what is given him and he leaves. He ventures into a far country. In essence, or at least you could see, you can make the argument that he becomes a consumer. He doesn't produce anything any longer. He consumes things. And he's not a very good consumer either. We learn that he squanders his property in loose living. Now, many times we sort of braze over that really quickly. But stop for a moment and think, what does that look like to squander your property in loose living? I imagined that he began to buy more and more things and more things and more things and was never satisfied. I imagined him spending more and more money and never being content. I imagined his hunger only growing and growing. I imagined his appetite growing day after day, month after month, becoming ravishing. No matter what this man consumes, it is never enough. A house that is never big enough, good enough, furnished sufficiently, 
clothes that never say enough about who he is or what status he holds. No relationship does he ever have that leaves him feeling good about himself and loved and complete and whole. No matter what he does, no matter where he goes, no matter what he spends, he lacks identity. He is malnourished. Nothing this man does in this faraway land gives him nourishment. He goes into a fevered pitch of consumption. He tries everything to gain identity, to find nourishment. He tries everything to be happy. But the story ends thusly. He loses all his wealth. He is absolutely and utterly alone. Without identity, does not even know who he is. Famished in a wasteland. Friendless. After he spent every dime he has, he has nothing of value to show for it. Not even a friend to take him in. Totally alone in the world and without any value to anyone in the world. So finally he attaches himself to a citizen of that land and becomes the lowest of the low. He feeds the swine, feeding animals that were, to his culture, considered unclean and not even worth of a worth to be eaten. He finds himself in such poor shape that he looks at the slop with which he feeds the pigs and comes to himself, realizes that what he is feeding the swine is more nourishing than what he is given in that land than what he has been given the whole time he is in that land. Starving, malnourished, he limps home in the hopes that his father will take him back as a slave or a servant. At least as a servant he knows he will finally find nourishment, finally be given identity. The parable ends this morning with the father not only taking him back, but running to meet him, pulling out all the stops, having a great feast in his honor, and receiving him as a son once again. The nourishment he receives is more than he could have ever dreamed of or imagined. Now it should be obvious to us that the land of the father is God's kingdom. A land that is never in want, no matter how many times it is divided. It is a land of love and forgiveness and mercy and nourishment beyond what anyone can dream or imagine. The faraway land is the world, full of things that are not nourishing, that never satisfy our desires and never give us an identity as son or daughter, that never love us but only use us and manipulate us. My beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, as we contemplate mother's milk and economics in the post-industrial world, do not forget the words we have heard today in the gospel of our Lord. We're consumers. We can buy most anything we want, even in identity. But be on your guard, for there are things in this world, images, identities, and ideas that will never fill our hunger and will only kill us, body and soul. If we are not careful and thoughtful, we could very well end up saying grace over slop for swine. 
nor this day should we forget the mercy of God. This lesson should etch it in our brains. Nor should we forget the mercy that is found within his kingdom, that is found within his church. For no matter to what land we have journeyed, no matter what we have done to ourselves or to others, no matter what we have done to ourselves or to others, if we come seeking nourishment and health and wholeness, if we come seeking mercy, it will be found here. If we come seeking forgiveness, it will be given. God in Jesus Christ will not only receive us as beggars seeking a meal, but as daughters and sons for whom the greatest of feasts is in order. So let us resolve this day, beloved, to let our identity rest first and foremost in God and in his son, Jesus Christ, and in his kingdom. It is the only place that loves us, that forgives us, that nourishes us eternally. It should be our highest priority and our greatest privilege to be a part. For here, beloved, we are sons and daughters of a society whose wealth knows no depths, whose feasts are without end, and whose mercy and forgiveness are beyond anything we can desire or imagine. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Standing, let us affirm our faith in God and in his holy church. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven. The prayers of the people, form four, found on page nine of our bulletin. 
Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For your handmaids with child, especially Elizabeth Hancock, Nora Middleton, and Elizabeth Touche, and for those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Richard Fallis, Michael Howard, Christy Leverett, Betty Moore, and Laura Palmer. And for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially John and Andrea Milham, and Chris and Candy Peavy. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Alfredo Adam, Norman Alston, Kay Anderson, John Barnett, Suzanne Boyd, Beth Boykin, Diane Bueller, Luca Seraldo, Beth Cleaver, Mary Craft, Susie Dearman, Helen Dye, Sylvia Ellis, Michelle Gibson, Vicki Glenn, Tony Hembry, Bill Hersom, Sidney Holofield, Leroy and Maureen Jensen, Josie Jett, Brian Jones, Jean Jenkins, Pat Killen, Mary Lou Lott, Marilyn Manning, Nita McRae, Mike Mink, Byron Myrick, Cal Pearson, Chris Peavy, Whitney Pickering, Victoria Pierce, Carol Prevost, Jenny Lou Quong, Hayward Reed, Ashley Rogers, Eleanor Rummel, Bill and Carolyn Sanford, Diane Scott, Doyle Scott, Steve Shepard, <coughs> Ella Smith, Wendy Sneed, Tony Stiles, Ollie and Finn Stringer, Joyce Timms, Joan Todd, Will Sanderson, Martha Jane Tyler, <coughs> Lucy Mae Wade, 
Shirley Waldrop, Dan Walters, Donna and Milton Wheeler, Suzanne White, Candy Widener, <clears throat> Lisa Worrell, and Bob Young. And for all who suffer from chronic illnesses, and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazard, <coughs> Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Butler, Mark Carter, Melissa Cleckler, Stan Harris, Jane Holloway, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Germillo, Walton Lucky, Calvin Powell, Harold Russell, Joe Vinson, James Warner, Mark Waters, and Wyatt Welch. Grant us, O Lord, to rejoice in beholding the bliss of the heavenly Jerusalem, that as she is the home and mother of the multitude of saints, we also may be counted worthy to have our portion with her. Through thine only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to St. John's on this uh, fourth Sunday in Lent. I hope you all were able to, to find a seat, okay? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big day. We had a trifecta today. We have allergy season coming to full swing, daylight savings time, and, uh, and spring break. Uh, so it's, it's, it's good to see you here this morning. Uh, this week, due to spring break, we will have a change uh, in, in our uh, parish schedule. Daily morning prayer will not be said in the chapel uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this next week. Uh, Wednesday night devotionals, we, we, we will not hold those this week due to spring break. But we will continue this afternoon at 5 with Station of the Cross and Benediction. Uh, and next Sunday we'll, we'll be, uh, everything will be returned to normal. So it's just really the uh, daily offices uh, and Wednesday events. So, so please uh, pay attention to that. And then know also that our next script order will be placed Tuesday, March the 12th. Uh, what the script order is, for those uh, we had not mentioned in a while, uh, the script is uh, when, you, when you buy a gift card, as it were, or uh, you would write a check to the church for $100 for a Target gift card, and then you would get a $100 Target gift card. Target would give us a percentage of that. Uh, and so that's how we're earning, helping to earn money uh, for the Honduras medical mission. Uh, so that is Tuesday. Now we're doing it a little differently this time. So Tuesday, March 12th, and then they'll be ready for a pickup in the office the next Tuesday, March 19th. Uh, so, so please do uh, thank you to all who participated in that, and please do consider that. Uh, 
I think that is all that is really um, pressing. So again, everyone, welcome. Ascribe to the Lord the honor to his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts.
stand. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for his many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving a thanks, especially this day, for the gift and journey of Lent. Through it, may we cleanse ourselves of sins and impurities and grow closer to God and more perfectly love one another. On this Mothering Sunday, we give thanks for all mothers. We ask you to uphold and pour your grace and protection upon those, especially who live in areas of persecution, famine, violence, danger. May you fill the hearts of all mothers in this world with grace and truth and joy. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You bid your faithful people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, that fervent in prayer and in works of mercy and renewed by your word and sacraments, they may come to the fullness of grace which you have prepared for those who love you. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, 
a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. The night was handed over to suffering and death. Our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you shall drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven,
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food and the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, <clears throat> for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Look down in mercy, Lord, on thy people who kneel before thee, and grant that those whom thou hast nourished by thy word and sacraments may bring forth fruit worthy of repentance, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Lord be with you. The masses ended going peace to love and to serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.